It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Preseason game number one in the books. There was some good. There was some bad. But the most important thing is that you get better. That's all the preseason's about. We'll talk about that plus more from the Magic's win over the Pelicans on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic. Today is October 11th, 2023. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic win their opening game of the preseason. Why there were some troubling signs, why there were plenty of good signs, why the most important sign it's not that the Magic won, that's that's good, but that the Magic got better. We'll lay, lay the baseline down for what we saw from the preseason. Plus, the Magic choose to start Jalen Suggs at shooting guard, what that might mean. And of course, we'll go through the box score as we usually do after games. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Let's just shake it all out here. It's the preseason. Um, and I think the most important thing, 
especially after the first preseason game. Just because, like, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, you, you don't. Um, you know, I was watching the game, and there were a lot of things that I really, really liked, even when the Magic were down. And they trailed by as much as 16 points in this game. There were things I really liked, and it was just like, okay, this seems just like a hair off, a step off. And it felt like a mixture of the way the Pelicans were playing with the pace that they were trying to play at and the pace the Magic were trying to match, where the Magic just needed to like slow things down just to just to get themselves back in rhythm and get themselves back in shape. Some of it too looked like, yeah, this team is a little tired. Still maybe feeling the after effects of a very competitive training camp. And so the important thing is every team is at a different stage and every coach wants to do something different with these preseason games. This game is a perfect, for instance, the Pelicans are trying to work uh, the Pelicans, I think, have three of their four preseason games in like five or six days. Um, so James Bure- or, uh, Willie Green and, and associate coach James Borrego were very keen to like have these big short bursts with their stars. They said before the game, or the Pelicans broadcast said before the game, they weren't going to play more than 20 minutes in this game. But they ran essentially what was a regular season rotation. One, if not two, of Zion Williamson, uh, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, or Jonas Valanciunas were on the floor at all times. The Magic, well, yeah, the Magic play again on Thursday, but they certainly seemed to be a little bit more willing to ease into the game. Um, You know, it didn't always feel like their guys were going as hard as they could have or certainly not playing at kind of regular season intensity. And on top of this, Jamal Mosley essentially did line changes. There's a group, there's a group of five that started the game. Three guys came out, the other two came out, no starters with the bench group. And that's when you saw the lead balloon out to 16 points. To say the least, what we see in two weeks against the Houston Rockets, this is not quite it. The rotation, the playing groups. This is not quite it, and and we have time to build to it. Maybe we don't see it in the preseason. Maybe we do. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make by by pointing all this out is not to excuse the struggles. We're going to get to that. But to say that everybody's at a different stage. And so, you know, if you listen to our friends at Locked On Pelicans and, and the great job that they do, I am sure they're going to be talking as positively as we are talking about the Magic today. Because the result of the game is not important. Winning is nice. I'm not going to ever knock winning. Um, you know, I think Matt Moore uh, of Locked On Nuggets of the Action Network uh, and Locked On NBA, um, he said this before, you know, preseason results don't matter unless you go winless. If you go winless, that's a little weird and maybe a little concerning. And if you look at the numbers, the Magic starters broke about even. They may have been a little bit behind. The Pelicans at the end of the first half because the Pelicans didn't play their starters in the second half, um, and and that's fine. Like that's like okay, that we're 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 in the vicinity where we're kind of where we need to be. Instead of focusing on all that, I mean, we'll talk about box scores. We'll talk about performances here in a minute. Um, instead of focusing on all of that, I'm really interested in process, process over results. Do the right things over and over again, and you're going to uh, you're going to get the results you want. 
And this game just screamed that. What do I always say about the preseason? If you're a longtime listener of the show, if you listen to yesterday's episode, I always say the goal of the preseason is to be better today than you were at the last game. Plain and simple. Be better in your next game than you were the previous game. The goal is to get better. They say that after every practice. Today we got better. And there's going to be things to clean up. And the Magic learned some things. And and hopefully they saw some of the mistakes that they made. And saw how they need to keep elevating their game. But the key to this game is the Magic got better. They got better as the game went on. As they got more comfortable. As they got more settled. They started to impress their tempo on the game. They started to take control. Like I said, the Pelicans played this breakneck speed. The, the pace of the game early on was just insane. And, and it's not a pace I don't think the Magic are super comfortable playing. New Orleans controlled the tempo of the game. And even though Orlando was able to stay in it, eventually they pulled their starters and New Orleans didn't. And they were able to kind of they were kind of able to zoom ahead. The Magic did not play with the focus and the details that they need to play with. And, and, and to me, that was the biggest mistake of the game. The biggest warning sign in the game was that the Magic were turning the ball over. They were not good defensively in the first quarter. Gave up 31 points in the first quarter, 58% shooting. Gave up nine free, I think nine free throw attempts. They had 3,000 in the first minute 45 of the game. These details matter. That's what they've been talking about all training camp long. And the Magic didn't perform to that standard in the first quarter. They deserve to be down. They deserve to be losing because they didn't play the way that they're going to need to play. Luckily, it's preseason. Make your mistakes now. Learn these lessons. And so what became important then is that it started to turn. Midway through the second quarter with the Magic down by 16, it started to turn. Orlando stopped turning the ball over. They didn't. They gave up nine offensive rebounds in the first half. That 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 stuff's inexcusable. That stuff cannot happen. I don't care if you are switching everything, which the Magic did. They switched everything on defense. You've got to be better on the glass. Um, this this is not a team that can give up second chance points because that's how they're going to give up their three pointers. Um, they were loose again. The details were not there. But as the game went on, they started to fine-tune those things. They forced their turnovers. They got in transition. They got easy baskets. They, they pushed the pace. They controlled the pace. They didn't, they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't give up offensive rebounds. They stopped fouling as much. And that enabled them to get back into this game. That enabled them to win this game. Um, or that enabled them to make it a game at halftime when the, the important stuff was happening. This is sort of the essential thing and the essential thing to draw. If I have one statement to make about this game, it's that it was the first preseason game. They struggled in ways you expect them to struggle. Turnovers, you expect a little bit of that in the first game. Fouling, you expect a little bit of that in the first game. I didn't expect them to be as poor on the on the glass as they ended up being, even though they have Jonas Valanciunas, who's a great rebounder. I didn't expect them to struggle as much defensively early on as they did. But they fixed it. And again, this is why it's important. They got better. 
They learned, they adjusted, they faced this adversity as, as small as it is, and they didn't back down from it. And as much as anything, that has to be the character of this team. There are X's and O's, there are finer points, there are things that they have to do schematically, tactically, that have to be better. But again, you're not playing this game necessarily to win. You're worried about yourself a, a lot more. And so as far as an identity goes, as far as who this team is, we know this is not a team that's going to back down, that's going to let go of the rope, that's going to give up. And so they showed that Tuesday night in New Orleans. They showed that, and that is a great place to start from. That is a great place to grow from, to begin expanding this thing out. Because like the Magic got better as this game went on, as they got used to what New Orleans did, and they adjusted successfully and got themselves back in the game in that first half, now the goal is to build on that Thursday against Cleveland and to be even better and cleaner, more consistent when they face the Cavaliers in their next game. The one big surprise move, or maybe not surprise move, that Jamal Mosley made to his rotation, Jalen Suggs in the starting lineup. We'll talk about the potential that brings coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Jace Medical. We are coming near the end of hurricane season or near the peak of hurricane season, and you need to be prepared with everything you need in your emergency kit. You cannot, you should not have an emergency kit without having the emergency medication that you need should something go wrong and the power is out. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The most important thing to remember uh, coming off this game is that nothing is set in stone. Um, I had a lot of people asking me midway through the third quarter, where's Jet Howard? Why isn't Jet Howard playing? And my answer was really, 
today just may not be his day to be in the rotation. He will probably take Anthony Black's spot on Thursday, to be perfectly honest. Um, he, you know, he may take some of those minutes. You know, Joe Ingles is going to going to play. He he sat out this game for rest. Um, not necessarily rest, but you know, the veterans are each going to kind of take a game uh, where they may not play. Um, it's this stuff is normal. The preseason is the time to experiment a little bit. Um, and so don't take, you know, aside from the four core guys, don't take the playing groups we saw as gospel. Like after all, we know that Jamal Mosley over the last two years has typically taken Franz Wagner out early in the first quarter, brought him back in to play with the bench group. That did not happen. Franz did leave the game early. He was among that first group that left the game in the, in this one but he did not come back in the second quarter. Minutes are still being kind of metered out. Um, we're not playing a, ro- uh, a regular season rotation yet. So things will get a little wonky. And, and again, you can't take the score as gospel necessarily. You can't take anything as kind of hard proven fact. Um, you know, I, I made this point to people, um, you know, if continuity was a big thing for this Orlando Magic team. But when you look at that second unit, Gary Harris didn't play a lot with that second unit last year because he was starting most of the time. They had Anthony Black, who was a, a rookie uh, in that in that group too. So that's two of your five players who are not used to playing with that group. You know, Jonathan Isaac played only 11 games last year, so he didn't get a lot of chance with, with that group either. It was a fairly new lineup that was being played together. And, you know, honestly, a Cole, Cole Black, Isaac, uh, Gary Harris, Mo Wagner lineup Probably not one we're going to see very often this year. So take some of these rotation decisions with a grain of salt. However, we cannot ignore the decision that was made, the statement that was made, the signal that was put over the city of Gotham telling us that the hero needs to come. Um, The Orlando Magic started Jalen Sucks. And it has been a little bit of a debate among fans, and, and, and even I've sat here and said it, the starting shooting guard spot was the only spot in that lineup up for grabs. And to me, it was Jalen Suggs to take. Gary Harris is a fine starting option. Um, I think the Magic would be very comfortable if, he, if, if they ended up starting him. But this was his spot to grab. And through all the reports that we heard from training camp, through all the, uh, all the buzz that we were hearing, it certainly sounded like Jalen Suggs was impressive. Jalen Suggs was a guy that was making an impact and, and making enough of an impression to climb up into the starting shooting guard spot. And so there he was Tuesday night, starting at the two. If you're just doing some box score scouting, his stat line does not look impressive. Um, and, and certainly he was, I would say a little excited for this game. Um, like, like a lot of guys playing maybe a little too fast, a little too excited, um, you know, for this moment, for this game. Um, you know, again, it's their first time out there. I think they're really eager to kind of show themselves and prove themselves to the rest of the league. Um, they played that way um, in, in a lot of ways. Early on, they they played a little little too too fast. Um, you know, again, just not under control, which is, which is, you know, you want to play at your pace. And I think New Orleans did a good job, not only with the nerves of the, the first preseason game, New Orleans did a good job speeding them up. And you could tell, especially with Jalen Suggs, you could tell he was playing very, very fast. He made some turnovers, you know, not as wild with his drives or as wild with his passing, 
but the ball was just kind of flying all over the place. Um, Suggs still made a really big impact defensively. There's a reason why Suggs is going to start. It's because he can be truly disruptive defensively. He, Gary Harris is a good defender, but he is not a disruptive defender. He is not out there getting steals. He's not out there making plays. He's not out there causing chaos. Jalen Suggs causes chaos on defense. Jalen Suggs makes things happen. He dives on the floors for whatever that part is worth. And he showed all of that. He's got one speed and he showed all of it in kind of building the way that he played. Um, it was, you know, it was, you know, uneven in some ways. You know, it's the first preseason game. It's, uh, everyone was uneven. Uh, you know, we're going to go through the box score here in a minute. Everybody was a little bit off. Um, you could tell everyone's still kind of working themselves back into into game mode and, and into playing at game speed. Game speed's different than practice speed. I don't care how much they try to simulate game speed. It's not. Um, and so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they start Gary, if they try, if they try that out, but... It does seem like the Magic are ready to hand that hand those keys over to Jalen and, and to make Jalen Suggs a starter on this team and to see if he can handle that. There is at least a little bit of evidence that that lineup works. The Magic had a plus 11 net rating last year in about 59 minutes over 15 games with Jalen Suggs with the starting group. That includes a 102 point, I think 102.6 or 7 defensive rating. So there is something there. Um not enough to draw conclusions from last year, but there is something there. And that is, that's enough for now. Uh, you know, I think Suggs did make an impact for that starting group. I think, again, he is a disruptor. He causes a little bit of chaos. I think that was ultimately good for them. He was trying very hard to make things happen. And so I think just like everyone else, he's got to settle down. Um, and again, first preseason game, Everyone's gonna settle down. Everyone's gonna kind of find their find their groove and and, and hit their level. Um, you know, again, just this is just everyone's just kind of going way up there, just trying to do way too much. That's what you expect from a first preseason game. I'm, I'm sorry, that's that's just kind of how it goes. But this is a statement that the Magic do intend to, that that Jalen Suggs is in the competition to start. Whether that means he is the surefire starter, well, we got three more preseason games, two weeks to go until we find out for sure. We're going to run through the final box score here, talk about some individual performances, what we saw from Magic in their first preseason game. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As we do after every game, Let's go through the final box score. We'll talk a little bit about some individual performances, what we saw from individual players, now that we've gotten our first good look at the Orlando Magic. And I want to start kind of globally here um, because, you know, we're we're still getting a feel for this team. Um, yes, it's a lot of the same players from last year, so we think we know a little bit of things. And I, th- I thought the New Orleans Pelicans broadcast on Bally did a really good job making sure they informed their audience about the Magic and, and where the Magic stand. You know, Joel Myers, Antonio Dan. Uh, uh, did Antonio Daniels did a fantastic job. Uh, I, I, I know as a magic observer, I appreciated the information that they had and the way that they covered our team. Obviously they were more focused on the Pelicans, but uh, it definitely felt like they understood there were going to be a lot of magic fans tuning into that game since the game was not on Valley sports Florida. And, and so um, I appreciate that. They certainly, I thought came with a lot of knowledge and understanding of where this team is at. And, you know, they and, and, you know, Joel Myers made the really good observation that this is a team that already understands its roles. That there, you know, there are a lot of young teams where everyone's, you know, trying to fight each other, trying to get attention, trying to make their individual mark. And they, you know, didn't sense that from the Magic. They sense that this Magic team understands where everyone fits into this puzzle and played their roles really well. They were waiting for Markel Fultz to shoot jumpers, and he took the one pull up, the one pull up jumper in the second half. They just kind of did their thing, um, and, and so we got a, a, at least a decent look at who this team's going to be. Um, defensively, the Magic are still about packing the paint. They want to prevent shots at the rim. They use that low man really aggressively. They want to use their length to get out to three point shooters. New Orleans took a bunch of threes. They made them early. They stopped making them. That's when Orlando came back. That's kind of been that's kind of Orlando's bet. They're going to bet that 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 you're going to run hot and cold from beyond the arc, and that they can t- can contest enough shots to to keep you at a low percentage. The way you beat that is offensive rebounds. Um, Orlando switched a lot. Um, they came out of the gate switching one through five, um, and so that created some mismatches. Um, that created some mismatches for rebounds, and and that put the Magic in a little bit of a hole there. Um, it also forces the Magic to overhelp a little bit to try and keep defending the paint when there is said mismatch. And again, that opens up some three-point shooting. So there's there's definitely, I think, some things to fine-tune on that front. But, you know, you're also getting a good a look at it. So, you know, again, maybe it in this case, like, failure exposes what you need to work on. And that's okay. That, that We're at that stage of the season where that's okay. Offensively, I was really intrigued with how the Magic ran their offense. There's a lot of kind of tight quarter tight tight quarter passing where like a 
player drives and tries to like slide the ball, you know, to a, a, a player who's cutting into the space in, into space, or there's a cut, you know, there's a player kind of cutting behind the driver, which, which is something you are taught to do occasionally. Um, a lot of kind of tight quarter passing. Um, but really this offense is based on dribble penetration and then big kickouts to the three point line. I saw a lot of like kind of those, kind of overhead lob, over, over the head lob passes to the corner, to the three-point shooter. So you got to know where your shooters are. You got to make the right read. And then you got to make that pass on target. There are a few times Magic didn't make that pass on target. Those are really risky passes. Like that over the head or kind of like that slight, that slider kind of uh, sidearm pass that you, see guys, that you see guys do. So I've seen the Magic work on drills uh, doing this very, very thing where they're driving to the paint, trying to get, trying to draw the defense in and then make the right read to kick out for three point shooters. And then they kind of do, they kind of cycle through there. Um, the magic, I think their spacing looked better than new Orleans in, in some respects, but they're making some risky passes, but I think that's kind of how the magic's offense is going to be. It's going to be based on dribble penetration. Magic got to get guys in the paint first. So, you know, I don't want to see three point shots. I don't want to see shots without getting paint touches or, you know, unless you're just super open like Paolo was on one on one pull-up three pull-up jumper from the uh from the free throw line. Um again, the Magic's offense, get to the foul line, get to the paint, get to the basket, kick out from there. That's 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 kind of their, their the simplistic way to look at their offense. A lot of dribble handoffs, obviously a lot of movement to kind of get guys going downhill. They feel with their size and their passing ability, as long as they get downhill, they're going to make good decisions, they're gonna put defense in compromising positions. Of note two. The Atlanta Magic took 45 three-pointers in this game. Um, made a good chunk of them, actually. Um, you know, made, uh, let me get the, the final number here. Um, they made 15 of 45 three-pointers, so only 33.3% from floor. But that number is significant. The Magic only took 43 pointers in five games last year. They lost all five. So typically the Magic taking a lot of three-pointers is not a good sign of the offense. That means the offense is not healthy, that they're not getting quality three-pointers. And in a preseason game, you do expect three-pointers to jump up a bit. Um, let me just get their third quarter. Um, through three quarters, Orlando had 32 three-point three point attempts. That's a, And they were 10 for 32. That's about how much they averaged last year. I know we've talked a lot this offseason about the three-point math. The Magic were a team that gave up a lot of three-point attempts last year took very few. They were 28th in the league or 27th in the league and three-point attempts per game last year. So I do think it's important that the Magic do get that number up, that the Magic do take more threes. I don't think they need to be taking 40. I think they need to be around 35, 36, maybe 37 if they're shooting a lot better. Um, I do think they need to get the, that attempt up to see the team come out, take 32 through three quarters, take 45, um, for the game, I think that's a good sign. Ultimately, I thought the ball moved really well for the most part in this game. The Magic were pretty unselfish. Um, you know, only twenty nine. They had twenty nine assists on forty five makes. Um, I, I think that there were a lot of good signs and, and, and positive things. But again, we got to see patterns. We got to see how this team develops, and grows. Let's talk about individuals. Um, Paolo Bencaro, um, very kind of veteran style game for him, um, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. 12 points, four for nine shooting, misses only three, four for six from the foul line, six rebounds, um, no turnovers, two steals. Um, 
Offensively, obviously not. He, I don't think he was full go offensively. I think he understood what he needed to work on, that this was a game to kind of fit in, not necessarily to stand out. Um, he certainly did stand out, though, with uh, two and ones, had a filthy dunk on Jonas Valanciunas, um, where he crossed up Zion Williamson. Paolo looked like a guy who knows he's pacing himself, that he doesn't need to go super hard, just needs to get his work in. When the ball comes to him, don't force things. No reason to do that. It's preseason. He seems to understand. He seemed to understand that this is preseason and, and honestly played as such. Franz Wagner, same deal. Nine points, four for six shooting. Didn't really try to do too much. Didn't try to put himself on the game. Didn't try to impress himself. Just kind of did you know the easy, simple play. And obviously that's going to change. When we get to the regular season. Franz didn't shoot, isn't shooting six times. He's going to shoot 14, 15, 16 times. Paolo is not going to shoot nine times. He's going to shoot 20 times. Um, so we're going to see those numbers bump up. We're going to see them become more aggressive. They both just seem to understand like, hey, preseason setting, I don't need to do much. But I want to point out Paolo Bancaro, um, one thing with Paolo Bancaro. Um, Paolo, I thought, played really good defense. His defense on Zion Williamson was fantastic. And sure, maybe Zion was easing himself into the game. I don't think he really started to lick his lips or, or look for uh, his offense significantly until the second quarter, until Jonathan Isaac and Mo Wagner were handling him. Uh, and, you know, look, he, he just tore him up. Um, when he tried that on Paolo, though, Paolo did a really good job walling him up. He stayed disciplined. He stayed vertical, challenged those shots really well, forced some misses, got some steals. Like, I was really impressed with Paolo. And, and you know, his offense is going to be there. I don't think any of us are worried about his ability to score. If he is defending like that, if he, you know, six rebounds in 20 minutes is pretty solid. If he can continue to rebound at a high rate, that's going to help the Magic so much. And, and again, these little things that'll take them over the top. Wendell Carter, 18 points, team high, 18 points, five for 10 shooting, four for five from deep, four for six from foul line, five rebounds, did have three turnovers to lead the team uh, in that category. Um, Wendell Carter's three-point shooting was really smooth. Um, opened the game with a corner three. He had three three of his four threes were corner threes. And that's significant because he only took 50 total last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he only took 11 three-pointers. He was four for 11 on on three-pointers in the right corner. If my, geo- if my court geography is correct, he made three right corner three-pointers this game. Now, the difference between the right and the left corner is probably de minimis at this point, but this is the point. The Magic are going to try and expand their three-point shooting. Getting corner threes, getting high-value, high-quality three-point shots is a big part of that equation. And if Wendell Carter is able to space the floor out to that corner, that makes him that much more dangerous. Um, I will say to you admit, I sometimes thought that Wendell Carter settled for three-pointers last year. I wanted to kind of see him balance his three-point attempts a little bit better or take fewer three-point attempts and look to attack the basket. He made those first two, and all of a sudden, Valanciunas was coming out on him. He was able to get that pump fake, able to get into the paint a little bit more. He knows how to use that three-pointer. So I thought he did a really good job taking open threes when they came to him, but not settling for them when the closeouts came. Using that pump fake, using his ability, his his speed and agility to get in the paint or keep the ball moving. Um, Wendell Carter, I thought, had a really solid game. Um, Like I said... Uh, Franz Wagner, nine points. Markel Fultz, a, a kind of quiet 10 points, five for seven shooting, five assists. Got to the basket, had one of the best dunks in the game. Got to the basket really well, just kind of did his thing. 
uh, that you know didn't didn't necessarily stand out, but didn't really need to. Just just played really really well. Cole Anthony kept the bench alive in that second quarter. Thirteen points, five for ten shooting, two for four from deep, four assists, no turnovers from him. He stood out. Uh, you know, the broadcast said he was the best player on the floor uh, for the uh, for for either team, honestly. In the first half, I don't know if I'd go that far, but he certainly, you know, the Magic do not come back in this game if Cole Anthony is not keeping that team afloat in that second quarter. But, um, you know, he was aggressive. He he looked like he was playing with with some fire and really really played well. I was I was really really impressed and happy with him. Uh, Anthony Black, two points, one for five shooting, seventeen minute seventeen forty three on the court. Um, did have two turnovers. Did have three fouls. He looked like a rookie. Both he and Jed Howard looked like rookies. Jed Howard, eight points, three for eight, shooting two for five from deep. Um, they both looked like rookies. They both looked like the game was a little bit fast for them. The game was a little bit physical for them. Um, and they were asked, they were kind of put in tough spots. No one was kind of creating for them. They had to create for themselves. Anthony Black especially really struggled as the ball handler, as the lead ball handler in the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of pressure on him. Wasn't really surrounded by great teammates either. You know, again, there's just very clearly a step down from the bench unit at, at this point. And that's not to, to offend those players. I thought Goga Bataze especially played really, really well in, in that fourth quarter. But, you know, there's, you know, both benches were in. You could kind of tell some, it, you could kind of tell like, okay, this is not quite what we're going to see when the regular season begins. Um, I am not worried about either of those players. First game, definitely some jitters. They definitely look like it was fast for them. It's going to slow down. It's going to get better for both of them. So I'm not super concerned about either player. The Orlando Magic shoot 43.6% from the floor, 44 for 101. That gives you a sense of how fast the pace was. Orlando shoots 15 for 45 from the foul line, only 19 of 26, or 15 for 45 from the three-point line, only 19 of 26 from the foul line. They do end up with 13 offensive rebounds, which is a good number. They turn the ball over 13 times for 14 points, which is really good for a first preseason game especially considering five of those turnovers came in the first quarter. Um, so, you know, kind of started, didn't, you know, kind of spread out the rest of them a little bit more, um, but really solid, really solid game protecting the ball. But I would say the biggest things the Magic need to continue to get better at, and I'm not going to go over the New Orleans box score because it's it's not important for us. Check out Lock on Pelicans for their perspective on things. Um, the biggest things for the Orlando Magic, the biggest things they need to clean up, uh, defensive consistency, the rotations were just a step late. Some of that's timing. Some of that's just getting on the same page, going up against an opponent that doesn't that that you know you don't know what what's coming. Um, that's going to be a big thing. That comes with time. I'm not super worried about that. I'll, I expect that to be better on Thursday. Um, offensive rebounds. They got to control the glass. They got to do a better job preventing teams from getting offensive rebounds. That would those were just backbreakers for the team, and those tend to lead to open threes, which is going to be this team's defense, which is the team's defensive weakness. Um, and then turnovers. Got to reduce those turnovers. Got to protect the ball a little bit better, make some better decisions. But again, you expect guys to be just a hair off. In fact, like it felt like a lot of their shots, especially early on, were coming up short. And some of that is the speed of the game, getting used to playing at game intensity. Uh, some of that is perhaps tired legs from a long training camp. That's certainly very possible. Um, there is, there are a lot of reasons that could be the case. Um, so, the good news for the Magic is I think a lot of the issues that they showed against New Orleans, not only did they correct them in-game or begin to clean them up in-game, they are completely correctable. 
There, there are things that they can absolutely get better at between now and Thursday. They're, they're going to practice on Wednesday in Cleveland. Um, they are things that they can improve on and, and tighten up as this preseason goes on and as we get ready for the regular season to begin. This felt like a preseason game. It felt like the first preseason game very early on. And then fortunately, the Magic did get better and they did pick up the win 122 to 105. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can go follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Richard Tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them are selling podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Don't forget to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Go to patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub to learn more and see what kind of content I have on the site for you. Um, on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic for my everyday crew, we are going to talk a little bit about the NBA GM survey, where the Magic stand in it, and what that means for their upcoming season. We'll get to that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.